Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Okay, hello everyone. This is Mike Cleveland, and I'm from the state of Washington, and welcome to another Setting Captives Free podcast. We're excited that you are joining us today, and I'm also excited to have a good brother and dear friend of mine, Alex from Chicago here, and actually we're going to be doing two sessions together. So I'm very excited to be with my friend and brother. And Alex, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Mike. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for the the blessing of being able to be with you on the podcast. I very much have been blessed by all the podcasts that you and Eric have done. So uh, I really count this a privilege. Well, thank you, uh, Alex. And we have been blessed by your writings for a long time. And actually, I was thinking about how long it's been. Alex, you're a mentor with us here at Setting Captives Free. And if I am thinking correctly, I'm going to guess somewhere between six months and a year. How how well did uh, I do? It's been more than a year. <laughs> oh, a year. my God. Really? <laughs> it was July. In fact, July 4th, uh, 2018. Oh, wow. So it sure has. Okay. Well, your, <laughs> yeah. your memory is a whole lot better than mine, but uh, so, so good to have you. And uh, we've just been so encouraged and built up in our faith by what God is doing in your heart and life and the way that you're mentoring other people. So we're excited to, uh, to have you on today. And, and just speaking about mentoring with us, uh, you know, your testimony is very powerful. And just from the sense of how God has worked in your heart, changed your life, given you a passion to uh, share the good news of Christ crucified with other men. And uh, maybe you can take a second here um, before we get started in our study and just share uh, your testimony and what God is doing in you presently. Sure, yeah. Thank you. And it it really is all uh, God's doing. Uh, I know absolutely uh, in my life. Uh, And I, I think like many you know, of of the men, of the people that come to setting captives free. Um, I was, uh, I I saw pornography for the first time very young, about six or seven years old. Um, it was, I was a, a Cub Scout. We were on a newspaper drive and we went into a man's house and just plastered all over the walls was uh, where these images. And so, you know, so all, really all of the all the scouts on that uh, on that outing that summer day uh, saw something we hadn't seen before, and you know, but God uses it all for good. You know, uh, the things that uh, the enemy and that people mean for evil, God uses it for good. Uh, anyway, long story short, I I became uh, involved in pornography then. And as a teenager, and then it stayed with me all through uh, college and even through graduate school uh, into marriage. Uh, I just kept getting deeper and deeper into slavery. Um, 
I didn't grow up in the church. I had a very loving family, but we we didn't go to church. Um, then uh, I, my life was a shambles. I I felt completely uh, like a hypocrite. I was living a double life. I pretended like on the outside, like everything was fine when I was completely falling apart on the inside. I was totally without hope. Uh, I felt like I had just a huge crater uh, in my chest where my heart should have been. Um, and I was completely enslaved. I, I spent hours a day, literally, uh, trying to find, you know, the next image and, and uh, completely enslaved to it. And to the point where I wasn't doing my work and I, I ended up losing a job that I loved. Uh, but um, God had a plan. Uh, in all of that. And uh, my wife started going to church. Uh, and so I I decided to follow her because maybe it could help our marriage. Um, I, I had no intention of seeking after God, <laughs> but he was seeking after me. Um, and after about a year of hearing the gospel preached, I really praise God and I thank God for a church a Baptist church that we went to where the, the pastor preached the, the cross. Uh, he preached uh, the death and resurrection of Christ. And so I started hearing it. And after about a year, um, I, I found myself one time with an altar call uh, close to Christmas time, 1999 at this point. Uh, I, uh, I walked up to the front, not really knowing what I was doing. <laughs> But uh, but God had uh, has started changing my heart already before that, um, and uh, like immediately after that, I had a, a desire to read the Bible. Uh, I started reading the Bible, started going to um, Sunday school classes and Wednesday uh, classes and. Um, and started reading about Christ and what he's done for us. And, and he started purging me of my many sins. It was, you know, a lot of lying that I had done before that. Um, started changing my life. And uh, over the next couple of years, he really convicted me on my pornography and self-gratification. Um, and, and I became physically ill at one point. Uh, after after having done that in, in a hotel, you know you you know about that traveling in the hotels and what a trap they are. I sure do. And um, but one night, uh, I really felt the conviction that that this was to stop. This had to stop in my life. And so um, that was 2001, November of 2001. Uh, and by God's grace, he, he freed me from pornography and self-gratification from, from that night. Uh, and I haven't been back by God's grace completely by Christ's work in my heart. Um, and I'm so thankful uh, for that. Uh, this, is, this is amazing to me for several reasons. First of all, 
Um, I think about Luke 17, where Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. Hmm. Because you, I think back as a six-year-old, did you say? Six-year-old, seven-year-old? Yeah, I think six or seven, yeah. A Cub Scout going into a a house that you weren't expecting anything to see anything, and all of a sudden the house is plastered with pornography and caused you to trip up in your life and then uh, to stay in bondage and a slave for many years in that condition. So that's amazing. The second thing that's amazing to me is, if I understood you right, you didn't go to any groups, support groups, uh, any um, no. type 12-step groups, nothing, no programs. No. Oh, man, you heard the gospel preached. You studied your Bible. The Holy Spirit convicted you in church and through reading the scriptures and circumcised your heart and put you to death with Christ and made you a new creation. Is this, is yes. this right? <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. And I didn't know all that at the time, you know, as we, as we often don't. Um, but I knew that it was wrong. I knew that he convicted me and I knew that God was working in my heart. Yeah. Uh, I had a love uh, for Christ and for the scriptures. Uh, but at the same time, I still you know, had that desire for the pornography for years. Um, but that, but after that night, he removed it. He removed it from my life. And I, again, just by his grace, uh, you know, and then just a, a few years after that, I, I learned about setting captives free. Uh, and I, and that was the 1.0 uh, version. And I, and I went on that and, and it was wonderful. You know, at the time I, I really found uh, it to be quite, uh, beneficial. Uh, it helped me a lot. Um, and then, uh, and then I found setting captives free 2.0 about a, a year and a half ago. And I thought, now this this is really amazing. <laughs> this is all about the cross. And this is, I knew in my heart that what had kept me free all these years was the love of Christ in my heart. There, because when his love fills your heart, every, nothing else can come in. It, it completely gets rid of all the desire for the pornography. You know, there's still temptation, absolutely. Um, but compared to the love of Christ in my heart, no way. <laughs> there's no way I want to give that up. It, it's like, no, you know, that. Anyway, it's by his grace, but it's because of his love. You you described his love as a breastplate of righteousness, I think. (laughs) It protects us uh, from the fiery darts of the evil one. And, you know, Alex, if you you think about what has happened to you is exactly what Romans 2 describes as circumcision Mm -hmm. of the heart. Because I remember you saying that you got physically nauseous. Now, what is it that takes a person who is in Mm -hmm. such tight chains, who desires and longs after impurity, and and maybe all of a sudden, or maybe not all of a sudden, over time, whatever it is, he becomes nauseous of the very thing that used to attract him. So this is called a heart change. And uh, and that is, is powerful, brother, because as you said, it it keeps us free. It makes us free indeed, yes. not just free from mm-hmm. the behavior, 
but free from the desire for it, free from the love of it. Um, right. Because we found a greater love and the love of Jesus uh, as he reveals himself keeps us free. And I, I love to hear your story, brother. I've always been encouraged uh-huh. by that. Uh, so, you know, they overcome him by the blood of the uh-huh. lamb and the word of their testimony. And Amen. if you keep sharing that, it's a powerful force against the evil one. Well, uh, thanks for sharing that, Alex. Let's let's begin to transition now to our study. Um, and it, we are going to be looking at Psalm 22 for the next two sessions together, the next two weeks of this podcast. I'm excited about it. Um, I feel in many ways that this is holy ground, if I can use that terminology, um, because it's the burning bush of the cross uh, that we come to. And, you know, Moses, as he came to the burning bush, was told to, there was a response in his part. He had to take off his sandals. Uh, As we come to the cross, Alex, we we remove not our dirty sandals, but our old self, and uh, we are crucified with Christ. And there I'm, I'm praying for this kind of a response as you and I go through this passage, both in our hearts, but in the hearts of everyone listening, that they would be drawn into this most powerful message that has ever been given on the face of this earth. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this with you, uh, with you. And I know you are as well, right? I, I am. I am. Thank you. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Yeah, what, what you said is absolutely right. I, I think Spurgeon uh, said something like, if there's holy ground anywhere in scripture, this psalm is that. Yeah. So ah, let's just say you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And um, yes, so we can go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I one thing that I appreciated that you shared with me is that you've actually taking, uh, taken one day per verse as you have studied through this. So um, I, I don't remember exactly what is this, 14 day. No, how many verses is this? I don't 31, know. 31 verses. Yeah. 31 verses. All right. So you've actually been at this more than a month now, right? Yes. Um, actually, God put it on my heart about a year, more than a year ago to start studying the Psalms on my, my morning study time. Uh, I I started back, I don't know, about a year and a half ago of studying the Psalms. And I just go one verse per day. And I, I really just meditate on that verse. I, I look up the words. I ask the Holy Spirit to, you know, show me. Uh, and especially to help me see Christ and the cross and the gospel. And Mike, I've been amazed. He's everywhere in the Psalms. I should have known, <laughs> but he, he's everywhere in the Psalms. But I wasn't prepared for what I met with when I came to Psalm 22, to be honest with you. Hmm. Um, honestly, before I started it, I, I, was, I was a little apprehensive because I thought, oh, this is going to be very heavy and kind of depressing. Because <laughs> hmm. even though I had read it you know, many times in the past, it's like it was brand new in so many ways. Mm. And, I, and I just feel like so many, so many people, so many of us don't realize the depth of this 
psalm and the prophecy and and the picture that we have of Christ. Um, I think it was Luther or one of the other commentators who said that, you know, this psalm gives us a more uh, accurate description of the cross than than even the New Testament does. Yes. And, and, and the reason is that the New Testament is eyewitness accounts from his disciples, from others who are around him. They're seeing it from the outside, but this psalm is from the inside. Yes, that's an excellent way to put it. You might say that the New Testament Gospels give us the facts of the Gospel, yes. but this psalm gives us the details of it. Yes. And, and it's to and me, the heart. And the, and the heart, heart it, it, yes. It, it's from Christ's own point of view. That's right. Yes, that's right. His words speaking through yes. David. Uh, yes. so I'm excited to uh, to go through this with you, and let's see if we can see the riches of and the glories of Calvary as we mm -hmm. study this together. So it starts off uh, with a short introduction for the director of music to the tune of the Doe of the Morning, and it is a Psalm of David. And uh, Alex, do you want to read the first verse, and, and why don't we just look at that for sure. a minute? Yes. <clears throat> and um, a pretty well-known verse uh, because it's uh, quoted many times, but uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Uh, and that word groaning is, is uh, roaring. I mean, he's really roaring. He's really crying out. Mm, so there's a loud agony, an agonizing, roaring groan that he is is speaking here. And Alex, as you know, uh, Jesus spoke these very words as he was hanging on the cross. Um, he he said, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" Now, that word "forsaken" means to abandon or reject or to desert, uh, to leave. Uh, and so he is, he's right at this point, as he's hanging on the cross, Alex, God, the father has forsaken his own son. That is extremely hard to get your mind around. Uh, how can we possibly understand this amazing transaction where the father uh, turned his back, if you will, on his own son? Because at this point, Alex, Jesus had taken our sin upon himself. And as he hung there uh, in his cries of anguish, as you said, his roaring, um, crying out, uh, God had turned away from his own son. Uh, Alex, why did he do this? What do we know from Scripture as to why God forsook Christ during this time? Wow. Yeah, and it we know that Jesus willingly took on himself all of our sins. Um, in Second Corinthians, Paul says that for, for our sake, God, he made him, God made Christ to be sin, who knew no sin, uh, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He took all of our sin on him. He became sin. Uh, for us, Mike, he, 
he suffered uh, God's wrath that was due to us. Yes. Uh, he received all of that uh, punishment. Um, yes. As you and Eric like to say, you know, he, he stood in the way of the, the, the arrows that were coming from the Holy Father um, that were due to us. Yes. Uh, so, so that we would have his righteousness, so that we would be forgiven of our sins. It's, that's why he's being forsaken, because God had to forsake him because he was sinned at that point. Yes. Um, and if you contrast that, for example, if you look at Psalm 9, chapter 10, uh, verse 10, it says, Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Uh, you've never forsaken anyone who seeks you. And yet here at the cross, God forsakes, abandons, rejects, turns away from, leaves his only son. So that Jesus, of course, having known this and agreed to this in eternity past, having entered into this new covenant in eternity past, comes to the cross and treads out the wine press alone. Uh, he is alone, Alex. He's forsaken by God and man. He's hanging on a cross in utter desolation. He's crying. He's groaning. He's crying out at the top of his lungs. Why have you forsaken me? Um, I, I am so cut in my heart, Alex, as I even consider this picture. Uh, what does it do for you as you're considering right now what Jesus uh. went through? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's, you know, it, I, I don't have words for it. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's so um, amazing what he would do for us, Mike. Yeah. Uh, we who were his enemies, uh, you know, we're, I mean, we're going to see the, you know, the, the people who were there were taunting him and, uh, that would have been me, Mike. That that I was his enemy before he he saved me. Yes, yes, um, I was his enemy running from him. I was turn. I had yes. back on him, and that's why God the Father turned His back on His Son for all those mm -hmm. who have snubbed God, who have shaken their fist at God, who have said to God that I will have it my way, and. Mm -hmm turned from him and run, God says, I'm going to turn my back on my own son. I'm going to punish him in your place. Uh, that's in essence what he's doing here, Alex. He's punishing his own son for you and I. He's forsaking Christ so that he would never forsake you and I. Uh, this is too Amen. amazing for words. We always try to put words around it. Sometimes you know, sometimes we should just stop and be in awe hmm. of the cost that Jesus is paying uh, for us. But as, as we continue on, it says, why are you so far from saving me? Uh, Alex, he's experiencing quite a distance, uh, an eternity of separation here uh, hmm. from God the Father. He's, he recognizes there's a huge gulf between him and God the Father. 
Um, have you ever felt this way, like God is so far that there's so much distance between us? I sure have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I mean, Mike, to be honest with you, when before he saved me, I I hardly had any thoughts of God. I I only thought of God as some, it wasn't a personal God. Mm. I really had, had just no real conception of God. Um, and so I, yeah, I felt totally alone. I mean, I, I, there was nobody I could tell about what I was doing. Um, so yeah, I was completely, completely alone and, uh, truly he, uh, it was all his, his initiative because, because I was not looking for him. <laughs> right. For him. Yeah. But, we were running the other direction like Jonah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But he, he asked this question, why are you so far from saving me? He had asked earlier, I was mentioning in Psalm 10, why, Lord, do you stand far off? Mm. Uh, here, Christ is experiencing this eternity of distance between himself and the Father. You know, when we're in bondage to sin, it puts this huge distance, and we feel like maybe there's a... a an iron ceiling over our head that our prayers go up to that ceiling and fall flat because we just sense that there is something between us and God. And here, this is what Jesus is experiencing as he's taken our sin off of us. He's now loaded down with our sins and he's experiencing this tremendous separation uh, from God, the father. And, And he says, so far why are you so far so he says it twice uh why are you so far from saving me so far from my cries of anguish and alex maybe somebody's listening to us right now and they they're identifying with this cry from the heart of jesus i've felt this distance i've sensed my sin is separating me from the father but now look now look at the cross and what are we seeing Jesus has taken your sin on himself, and in doing so, he took that separation, that distance, that what, what was between you and God the Father. And now, why did he do that? To unite you with the Father, uh, so that there would be no distance, no separation between you and the love of God. Nothing can separate us now from the love of God. And it's amazing, Amen. Alex, Amen. to consider the links to which Jesus went, isn't it? Can you, can you even believe, I know you said earlier, it's hard for me to put words to this and it is me too. Yeah. My heart is like beating in my chest with thinking (laughs) how far Jesus went for me. Yeah. Farther than we'll, we'll ever know, Mike. Um, It's because, yeah. I, I mean, my sin alone would have been enough for him to, be totally separated and he took all of our sins mm. all of them yeah I, I i can't even yeah i don't know it it's it, it, the yeah. love that that he has shown us on the cross is amazing well it's it's beyond words it really is it says in mm. job chapter three for sighing has become my daily food my groans mm. pour out like water um, and here Jesus speaking in those same types of words is pouring out his cries of anguish, his 
Uh, what word did you use before for these? Roaring. Cars? He's roaring. Roaring. Yeah. Yes, he's just, you can see, you can see him on the cross, Alex. He's he's roar he's gushing and roaring out this horrible distance and this terrible sin that has just enveloped him in a cloud of darkness, and he's crying out, "Why have you forsaken me? Um, and why are you so far from me?" Um, and uh, Alex, this is. Uh, the holy ground that we've talked about here because he did it for us. Um, maybe the listener feels like, you know, I'm so far from God. My sin has just um, put a, a big gap between me and God. Well, Jesus took that gap for you, your sin, Amen. your guilt, your shame, took it all on himself and has removed that distance. And all that remains is repentance and faith putting your faith in this message. Well, Alex, we come to verse two here, unless you have other thoughts on this verse one, I, I like camping out with you here. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, no, no, just, um, no, I think that that's wonderful. Yeah, verse, yeah, we can do verse two. Mm -hmm. So uh, he says, my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. Um, he is saying that, you know, continually I'm crying to God and he is not answering me and I'm not finding any rest. Um, but again, Alex, think about the fact that God here did not answer his son while he was on the cross. Why? So that he would answer the sinner's prayer. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Uh, he can answer that prayer now because he did not answer his son when Jesus was roaring out to him. Amen. Amazing to think Amen. about that, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Uh, Amen. So, yeah. Uh, so he's crying out. God's not answering by night, but I find no rest. Um, there's there's no rest here. Alex, do you, do you remember what it was? And I don't mean to bring up the past, but just think with me about what sin does. We never have any rest, do we? No, there was never rest, Mike. There was never rest. Yeah. There, right. It was always restlessness. Yes. There was never peace. I remember, I remember a, a few years after uh, being saved, I woke up one morning and, and, I, and, and this thought came to my head. I have no guilt in my heart. Mm. And that was the first time in my life that I could remember that I didn't feel guilty. It's like, thank you, Lord. Mm, wow. <laughs> but, there, but without Christ, there is no rest. Right. Yeah, sin is relentless. It's a harsh slave master. It gives us no rest. But Alex, when you could say truthfully, honestly, I have no guilt, didn't you also sense tremendous rest in your soul? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, so we see when we look to Christ, uh, we see Jesus on the cross and he's saying, I have no rest. God mm -hmm. doesn't answer and I have no rest. Why? So that God would hear you, Alex, so that God would hear me as we cry out to him and he removes our guilt and thereby we rest in his finished work. And Amen. we 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 say finally i'm set free i'm at peace i'm at rest 
all because Jesus suffered in this way that we're looking at here uh, in this psalm. Brother, this was an appetizer at the most, but our time is coming to an end. And I oh, thank no. you for, <laughs> for agreeing to come back again. And we need to finish uh, this, and we may even do a third one, but we'll see how time goes. Uh, but for now, consider with me somebody who has is listening to you and I, and they have maybe identified with these cries of Jesus from the cross in their in their anguish, in their separation, in their having no rest. And what what thoughts would you convey to them just now as you're thinking about it? Uh, I would I would tell them from my own experience and from uh, from so many others that we that we've seen on setting captives free, that there is no rest in, in the world and uh, without Christ, there really is no rest at all. Um, but that we can find rest. God has made a way. Uh, in Ephesians, it says that he, that he himself, Jesus, he himself is our peace. Uh, because he was forsaken, as we've been talking about. He was forsaken for us. Uh, he took all of our sins, past, present, future, uh, to the cross, nailed into the cross, and uh, they're gone, Mike. As the Bible says, uh, he cast them into the depths of the sea, uh, and they are gone forever, never to come back again. Uh, when he sees us, he sees the righteousness of his precious son because of his blood. Uh, Mike, his blood has covered uh, and washed away all of our sins. That's the only place we can find peace in this world uh, is in Christ. And it's only because of the cross. Uh, the cross is at the very center of everything. Uh, I mean, even our dating system, the years are focused on the cross it all changed at the cross because everything changes at the cross and that's the only place it can change so i would really encourage any listeners who don't have that peace who uh, are burdened uh, with guilt uh, to just come to the cross to come to the savior uh, uh, as he invites us you know any who are are weary and heavy laden uh, to come to him and to believe and to receive what he has done on the cross, taking away all of your sins and giving you his righteousness uh, so that there is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ. Uh, it, there, there, there's nothing that we can do, uh, Mike. He's done it for us. We just have to receive it. We just have to receive it. And he's there, like you said. He was rejected so that we would be accepted. He was punished so that we would not have to suffer that punishment. Uh, he himself bore our sins on the tree, Mike, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. So. I would just say, come, come to the cross, come to the cross. And to that, I will say, amen. And I'm so looking forward to our next session where we're going to dive into the rest of this psalm. Thank you so much, Alex, for being here today. 
Oh, thank you, Mike. It's been a blessing. So, uh, thank you. All right. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.